baby, you know what that sound means. It's time for The Edge with Terry Waldrop on ESPN 97.7. Terry talks about all the hottest topics in sports every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. He's controversial, he's charismatic, and he's the captain of this ship for the next hour. Here's your host, Terry Waldrop. Whoa, baby. <laughs> You're getting better at that every day. <laughs> oh, baby. Whoa, only... whoa, Tigers, huh? Yeah, whoa, whoa, Tigers. Now, uh, I've, only got, was... I've only got two more chances left to say that. Well, I know, now I was one doing... after today, so. Well, you know, here's the thing, uh, Mark. You and I talked, texted a little bit before the show, and I was I was so bent out of shape because I got diverted, and I thought I was going to be late for the show, and I'm going up. And I thought, and then you told me that uh, Walter may be back Friday, and I said, no, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. My meds haven't well, kicked baby, in yet. Well, baby, he well, can't come well, back. Oh, no. He can't <laughs> yeah. come back yet. You said your meds have, hadn't kicked in enough yet. <laughs> Not yet, absolutely. Welcome to The Edge here on ESPN 97.7. Mark Kramer and Jamie Foxx with you again today. And uh, I talk, did talk to Terry yesterday in all seriousness, talked to him yesterday and and uh, over in Hawaii, and he said that he would be back to do the show on Friday. So Nick Brown will be in tomorrow. Uh, I have an appointment that cannot be changed, so I, I have to be out tomorrow. But Nick Brown will be in with Jamie tomorrow morning, and then I'll finish things off with Jamie on Thursday. So... 888-993-7762 is the number to get us on the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union Hotline. Also want to remind everybody that our sponsors are Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital, best pet care anywhere on the planet. Their number is 318-345-4545. Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law, specializes in criminal defense, wrongful death, and personal injury. Don't delay. Call Bobby today, 318-342-1411. And PyWorks Pizza by Design. Jay and his crew are on Tower Drive over by Nukes in Monroe. And try the spicy sausage. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, spicy uh, sausage and, and sweet tea. Yeah, what Walter does, he has the spicy sausage and he puts Parmesan peppercorn on, on that as well. You know, he drinks that stuff by the gallon. He puts that on his pizza? Oh, I... I from from what he tells me, it is like um, a good. It's better than a good Manhattan drink. I mean, he he loves this stuff, and um, that's what he gets on his salad, and he drinks it by the gallon. But apparently, not just that. I mean, you like the veggie too, don't you, Mark? I, I do not. Uh, you do not. Oh, I am not a veggie person. You are not a veggie person. I'm a okay. I'm a meat guy. Okay, well, all the meats you can throw on there. Well, you're except cardiologist for pork, recommended. Except yeah. for, yeah, I'm cardiologist recommended. Exactly. Except for whatever. pork bellies. I don't want that. Oh, no, <laughs> neither do I. But uh, whatever you get at PyWorks, it's uh, sure to please. And uh, it is Mark Kramer approved. There you go. Okay. Of course, the first thing, we got to talk about the LSU game. LSU loses to Florida 4-3. to three. I still think LSU is in a good position. They are set up with their two best pitchers, two of the best pitchers in the nation to go in today and in game three if it's necessary, which we all hope it is. Florida's, even though Dyson's going to throw for Florida, um, still, you know, not their number one, number two guy. Um, 
they're going to have to kind of piece it together today like LSU did yesterday. I fully expect LSU to win today's game. Uh, and then tomorrow, Florida's number three guy uh, will go against Alex Lang uh, in game three. Uh, the uh, number one pitcher was at Fiedo or Fado or something like that. Yeah, Fado, uh, F-A-E-D-O. I believe. Yeah, yeah, he he will be able to pitch a little if they need him tomorrow, but it would be, you know, a couple innings. I mean, it's, he, he's not going to go out there and start the game and go seven innings uh, no. since he just pitched the other day. So um, I still think LSU's chances are good uh, and – they're set up. <laughs> Hold on. Charlie sends in a, a text on the Washtenaw Valley Credit Union text line. No pork bellies, no bacon. I may have to reevaluate my position on you now. Uh, well, I don't blame Charlie. Uh, Mark, Mark, I have to because of dietary restrictions, but uh, I don't know what your excuse is, Mark. We'll have to change you on that. But yeah. anyway, thanks but I, for chiming in, Charlie. Yeah, I still think LSU – I still think LSU has a really, really good shot at uh, at this whole thing because of how things are setting up for them uh, on the mound. Uh, the yeah. singer kid yesterday was unbelievable. Um, not a whole lot you can say. His performance was outstanding. He was very, very dominant in that ball game. He made some of LSU's really, really good hitters look really bad, and he made some of those freshman guys uh, – you know, Zach Watson and Slaughter, some of those guys, some of the inexperienced guys, he made them look really bad. Uh, he made inexperienced guys look more inexperienced, and he made the veterans uh, look inexperienced. Uh, he really did a good job for Florida uh, yesterday, even though uh, the Tigers ended up scrapping out eight hits. I think the key to that thing as we get ready to go to the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union hotline was, uh, I think it was either the fifth or the sixth inning LSU Led off with two straight singles, had a guy in first and second, nobody out. And Singer comes back and strikes out the next two hitters uh, kind of in the heart of the lineup. I think that was I thought that was a, a key in the middle of the game uh, for, uh, for Singer in Florida at that time. So let's go to the hotline and uh, bring in Danny. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing this morning, brother? Doing great. Hey, Danny. Uh, I'm, I am really excited about the next two games. You know, when you lose your first game in, in a – pre-game series you kind of get worried but uh the way it worked out for us last night barely losing without having a starting pitcher in the game i really like our chances the next two games well you know danny um, we talked on the show yesterday about the fact that i kind of gave the the scenario that i felt like coach maneri was going to try and get out of his staff yesterday it almost worked i said five innings out of Reynolds, they got uh, what three and two-thirds i think uh, out of him with three runs, but you go to the seventh inning, uh, and they were still in the ball game. It's three to two, uh, going into the seventh inning. The guys that uh, Bush uh, did a good job coming in and and kind of uh, stemming the tide a little bit, if you want to put it that way. <coughs> Excuse me, of Florida. So you had Reynolds and Bush uh, come in there, and um, were able to keep LSU in the game, and that's all Coach Maneri wanted. They just did not come up with the big hits when they needed to. Yeah, it, it, just, like it, it just motivated me for the next two games, knowing that we've got Jose and Lane coming up, and Hess is nicely rested. Um, I think we've got a real good shot at it. So, go Tigers, as uh, 
our football coach. <laughs> well, have a great day, guys. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate it. You know, another thing to his point, Jamie, is the fact that, you know, they do have those two guys ready to pitch the next two days, <clears throat> and Hess is rested. But, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> but you've got um, you've got them being able to go out and pitch deep into the game. And the reason I say that is there's a, there's a key word that we can put in front of both Poche and Lang. They are rested starters. They're coming off of what is normally uh, considered, you know, fairly normal rest in between starts for those guys. And so they are not coming in going, well, you know, we hope we get four or five innings out of our best pitcher because he just pitched three days ago. Uh, these guys are all coming in rested and ready to go. Uh, they could go seven, eight innings, a complete game, whatever. But uh, to Danny's point, you feel good. I mean, look at the, the last series. After Oregon State beat LSU 13-1, to oh, they're done. They're not doing anything. They're, they're uh, you know, they're history. So LSU has proven that they can come back against the high-quality competition even after losing that first game of a three-game series. Well, I tell you what, Mark, I thought about that, uh, you know, when Reynolds took the bump last night, and uh, I remember you saying, you know, if they could get him to, to the fifth or fifth inning and hopefully the sixth, he got, got in a little trouble in the fourth, uh, and uh, I had a little family emergency come up, so I didn't get to see much, of the, if any, of the game. But I did uh, did try to follow it where I could, um, and I think that Reynolds, you know, uh, taking that in consideration, uh, that he gave them, you know, the three good innings, and then I think they brought in, um, I think Newman, and who will probably be called on again if necessary. But if I'm LSU, and I'm an LSU fan, um, you know, everybody's saying, well, three games. I, you know, you got to get it done tonight. I mean, it's all it's all over if uh, if LSU can't put it together. This is a, you know, you, you talk well. Florida can't go to this pitcher. They can't go to that pitcher. I don't know if it makes that big of a difference right now. Um, as closely, uh, as closely as far as talent these teams are, um, I look for you know perhaps like I said, Poche is going to have to play lights out. A lot of pressure on him. Going to have to score more than three runs, I think. And well, um, maybe. You know, yeah, uh, it's not like Florida lit the game up on uh, from the plate either. No, uh, you no, know, that's true. actually, Reynolds did not do a bad job. I mean, it was scoreless going into the fourth inning. He had given up what two hits, I think, was all going into the fourth inning. What got him in trouble was he, you know, he walked the bases loaded. Uh, so the walks is what came back to hurt him, not the fact that that Florida was pounding him to death. Florida. I mean, let's let's look at the actual stats. Florida only had six hits. LSU out hit them in that game, and so they only had six base hits for the entire ball game. So uh, it's again, it's not like Florida lit up the scoreboard with uh, base hits and a lot of runs. I think uh, these next two games uh, are still going to be pitchers' duels, where. If you can get to if you can get to five runs, you're probably going to win. Yeah, I think so, and I think you know again, I, th I think that's what you know. Right now, people are putting uh, you know their hopes on the fact that well, we didn't we didn't obviously send uh, send out their best arm out there yesterday, and they were able to to keep it as close as they were. But uh, 
you know, again, um, Florida, I didn't realize this, a uh, little little tidbit here. Did you realize, uh, you remember Mark Guthrie that used to play for the Tigers? I didn't realize that's his son at shortstop for yeah, Florida. Yeah, Mark Guthrie. Uh-huh. Yeah, Dalton Guthrie, uh, starting shortstop. And he made that great catch in foul territory. Oh, man, that was something, too. Yeah, that was Dalton Guthrie, Mark Guthrie. I don't, I don't know how that got away from the Tigers. But, uh, of course, he's playing the same position Kramer Robertson's playing. But, uh, anyway, it's a very talented Florida lineup. And uh, it's very important, I think, that LSU get off to a good start tonight. And, it is, you know, in the first few innings, I think it was, what, the fourth inning when things kind of became unraveled for him? Uh, Mark, is that yes. was that big? The fourth inning was the big beginning. For yeah, when it, was, when Reynolds walked, the bases loaded, is when Florida got their three runs. Yeah. So, in other words, right now, you know, and, and they did. I mean, I think you're taking. Everybody should take heart. You know, there's a lot of fight in this team to come back. I mean, and then they almost pulled it out. I, you know, there was a controversial play. I think uh, was it Josh Smith that was called out on second. Um, that yeah, went but, Florida's way. So. Yeah, he slid by the bag. He. They called him out initially, and the replay showed that the tag was not made until his hand was on the bag, but he slid past the bag, and his foot came off, and the uh, second baseman for Florida uh, continued to keep his glove on his leg, and when his foot came off, they, they actually called him out again. So I don't know if you be called out twice in the same play, but the first call, the first out call by the umpire was a bad call, but after he slid off the bag and he still had the tag on his foot, mm. then he was legitimately out then. Well, I guess you could make the argument, though, that LSU got a lot of the calls in the Oregon State Series, uh, went their way, and then, you know, this, uh, I don't think the calls necessarily went uh, LSU's way in this ball game. but again, it's, uh, you know, you got to take care of business tonight. I think uh, I'm looking forward to, hopefully it'll go three games, because that means you and I will be discussing it Thursday morning. Yes. So uh, we yeah. hope this thing can can they can take it to a, a third game, but uh, got to take care of business tonight. Boy, this is a huge game. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll hit some of the text on the text line. Thanks to Danny for calling in on the Washtenaw Valley Credit Union hotline. After this break, want to remind everybody, GB Cooley reminds you to support a worthwhile cause in North Louisiana, and that's the Louisiana Special Olympics. Jamie and I will return here on the Edge right after this. To win in sports, you must focus on your strategy as the game changes. The same is true of investments. I'm Eric McCullough, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor, and I can help. Call 318-254-0032 or stop by my office at 734 Celebrity Drive today. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. The Louisiana summer is upon us. Kawasaki. And nothing says summer like a Kawasaki jet ski watercraft from McKinney Honda. Here's Richie McKinney. The waterways are waiting, but the savings won't. Right now, save $1,400 on remaining 2016 Kawasaki jet ski watercraft and save up to $1,000 on 2017 models. Summer fun starts with McKinney's, your outdoor superstore in Ruston. 2016 MSRP is $15,299 plus PTR and $375 destination charge. If you could talk to your animal when they say, they're telling you to take me to North Monroe Animal Hospital, listen closely and you'll hear what Dr. David Weber hears. 
That's a thank you for taking me to North Monroe Animal Hospital. For your animal's health care, call Dr. David Weber at North Monroe Animal Hospital, 345-4545. No animal too small or too large. Well, you better call Dr. Weber first on that one, 345-4545. Special Olympics of Northeast Louisiana provides athletic competition and year-round sport training for children and adults with intellectual disabilities. It gives them the opportunity to develop fitness, demonstrate courage, and experience the joy of competing. For more information, go to www.laso.org or call one 800 345-6644. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for area. Plenty of sunshine with warm temperatures today and a high of 89 degrees. Mostly clear skies with big cool tonight, a low 69. Mostly sunny skies, 20% chance of rain on tomorrow and a high of 89 degrees. How does it feel? You're officially living on the edge. Hit Terry Waldrop up at 888-993-7762 and let him know. It's The Edge with Terry Waldrop on ESPN 97.7. How does it feel to be on The Edge? Whoa, baby. (laughs) Well, maybe for some people, I don't know, Mark. We certainly hope so. Yes, we certainly hope so. We hope in Terry's absence that we've been uh, at least halfway entertaining. Uh, we know we the, can't uh, live up yeah. to the we can't live up to the charisma and controversial nature of Terry Waldrop, but you know we try our best. Well, this is true, but also I just went to the doctor yesterday and my blood pressure had dropped uh, twelve points. So I mean, I'm I'm going to let you figure that one out. <laughs> so in other words, uh, uh, I'm more of your co I'm more of a uh, compatible co-host. <laughs> yeah, even with the whoa baby in the morning, it's uh, it, it doesn't spike it as much as as, as one Terry Waldrop. But honestly, we we're hoping. Uh, He'll get back soon and um, safe safe uh, trip to Terry. He's going to be – I can't – is he flying back? Will he be actually physically here, or is he going to uh, – from some remote island somewhere? Do we know? No, I think he, uh, I think when he's in Friday, I think he gets back, actually arrives in the States Thursday uh, or tomorrow night. But he wanted to take off, and as I said yesterday, I can fully understand having made that trip twice. Uh, coming back is rough uh, when well, you're trying to reacclimate. So he's yes. going to take Thursday to try to reacclimate to the time, and then he said he'd be in, uh, he'd be in on Friday morning. So, want well, to get to the you, yeah. Go keep ahead. Keep the bat phone handy though, Mark, just in case. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Washita Valley Credit Union hotline and text line eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two, and uh, Doug says LSU has put themselves in a position that they seem to be the most comfortable in with their backs against the wall. I love their chances of forcing a game three. Also, can fans stop trying to force a rally object? That stuff is no longer, it's no longer happening naturally. You cannot throw an item on the field time after, or item after item on the field late in the game and expect greatness. Have a great day, fellas. Thank you, Doug. Um, The one that cracked me up was not the fans. But the the uh, Gatorade Cup that ended up being the Rally Cup uh, for I believe it was for Florida, not LSU. Uh, when they had the uh, no, maybe it was. Well, when they had the rally, somebody knocked a cup out of another player's hand, 
and that's when they had the they scored the runs and they put the cup out in front of the dugout with a circle around it. Well, and nobody could touch it. Nobody it was no. right outside the the you know the the not the gate but the uh partition there in front of the dugout and nobody could go touch it and they somebody went out with their finger and drew a circle around the cup. So this kind of half crushed cup was laying on the ground and they started calling it the rally cup. Okay, so but now the players we, did that. Yeah, the the possum obviously couldn't be taken to Omaha. Um, I guess the cup has to, you know. Now this is the new. All of a sudden, this thing has magical and mystical powers, and I guess the beach balls are are, are banned. Well, last for a while, night, but, I mean, they were throwing everything under the sun yeah. out there. They, the, you know, the floaties that little the little kind of miniature inner tube things with whales or dolphins on it that little kids float around in the swimming pool. Uh, I think it was in the seventh or eighth inning. Somebody threw one of those out on the field. So it was uh, it was getting a little ridiculous. Can we point the finger strictly at LSU fans, or do the Florida fans have to share some some culpability in this? Well, I don't know who threw it out there. Florida was out in the field at the time, so I'm assuming from that that it was uh, some LSU fans. And uh, Danny corroborates my story. It was Florida uh, that had the rally cup sitting out in front of <laughs> sitting out in front of their dugout. Um, but uh, I, I still agree with Doug. Uh, I think that uh, LSU's chances of forcing a game three are very, very good. Charlie chimes in. Got to give Florida pitcher credit. He was lights out. Can see how he is going to be a top five pick next year. Yeah, scary for SEC opponents that Singer is uh, back again next year for the Gators along with a lot of their other pitching staff. So, you know, another thing going back real quickly uh, about that kind of thing, I was talking about their pitching staff at Florida being young and a lot of them being back. But did you know that, and I didn't realize this when I was watching, but I think it was six of the nine starters for Oregon State were sophomores and freshmen. Yeah, very young ball. Now that's really scary for a team to have that kind of a record to go in 56-4 and and have uh, six of their starters being sophomores or freshmen. That's a a scary prospect uh, for the Pac-12 and the nation as well for for everybody for next year. So one other thing, talking about the fans, since Doug brought the fans up, uh, that's a a question, you know, we've tried to throw out a question every day. I want to throw one out today. What – what about the people sitting around you at a ball game? Doesn't have to be baseball. Can be basketball, football. Can be high school, college, professional. Doesn't matter. What do you hate the most about what fans do or say around you? Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Saw in the camera shots that they make uh, at the ball game last night at the Florida LSU game. Saw some. Pretty goofy look, you know, goofy fans doing some goofy stuff. Uh, saying, you know, they have mics, of course, where you can hear a lot of what people are saying. You can even hear the umpire chastising Palmineri last night in the game <clears throat> when uh, they had, a, uh, I think, a check swing call or, or something like that or an interference call. I forget what it was, uh, but uh, you could hear the umpire yelling over uh, at the uh, LSU dugout that i kind of like that a little bit the microphone close to the umpire or it's maybe on the umpire 
because uh, you get to hear a little bit of the, the banter at home plate that you don't normally get to hear. But what really bugs you the most about people that sit around you at a sporting event? Again, it can be high school all the way up or even little league uh, baseball, if you want, or peewee football. Just uh, any sporting event you go to, what bugs you the most about what fans around you do or say? Uh, to me, that would be sitting next to Terry Walter. But anyway. <laughs> hey, you know, um, we've got a chance yeah. uh, since he is now, of course, the head coach at St. Frederick in boys, ba- yes. in boys basketball. We now can go to St. Frederick High School basketball games and um, rag, the, rag on the coach. Can we ever? I didn't think about that. You know, we need uh, to know, get a group worth, together. That's the price of admission. Yes, yeah, we need yes. to get a group together from ESPN 97.7 and yes. go to some of Mr. Waldrop's, Coach Waldrop's games and um, and second-guess his uh, moves in the ball game. Sit down, Coach. You know, yeah, you exactly. Going. Exactly. Yeah. What, a, what kind of substitution was that? Tee him up. Tee yeah. him up. You know, <laughs> The peanut gallery will be yes. at some uh, Warrior games this year. That will be the Chick-fil-A slash peanut gallery at St. Frederick's home game this year. They're probably going to have to charge us uh, a lot of money to sit there. But we will do so and uh, hurl barbs at the uh, current sitting uh, St. Frederick High School boys basketball coach. And uh, somehow I think he would uh, expect that. But anyway. Charlie chimes in on the uh, Washita Valley Federal Credit Union hotline and says, I hate Little League games when parents talk crap about kids while the parents are right there around them. Yeah, a uh, little decorum might be nice, but uh, apparently when you're apparently your your six year old, uh, you know we're we're, we're already uh, prepping them for the, for the pros. But uh, yeah, I mean I think there's nothing worse than these uh, helicopter parents who uh, you know rip the kids. And I mean after all, folks, I mean look, hey, you know there's ISIS in this world. Let's let's get our priorities in order. Gee, at. Um See, it says at it says O-T-G-E-R. I don't know what the Otger games. Maybe soccer. Maybe it was supposed to be soccer. Anyway, don't like fans that are stupid drunk before the game even starts. Yeah, at least wait till the th- uh, fourth or fifth inning before, uh, you know. Uh, when was it? I don't know, Mark. We need an over and under on this. Um, and, and John Tabor may be able to help us out. What, what inning could you pretty much count on Harry Carey? Uh, you know, I would. When did the slurry it, begin? It the, used you know, to crack about the third or fourth inning. About the it fourth used inning, to yeah. crack me up, absolutely crack me up before our politically correct society. When they used to show, you know, they always showed Harry and whether it was Steve Stone or whoever worked with him uh, back in the day, they would show a shot of them in the booth, you know, to give an update on the how the game has gone. Usually in the fourth, and then again when they sang the national anthem. I mean, they uh, oh, yes. take me out to the ball game in the seventh inning. Uh, they would show them in the booth a couple of times, but the field would be to their back. They would turn their chairs to face the camera in the booth. Yes. Well, behind Harry's shoulder, you could see all the Budweiser cans <laughs> lined up, lined up yeah. on the shelf behind him, right where he was sitting with his scorebook and his microphone. That just used to crack me up. I I always thought, can the can the producers not see those Bud his Budweiser cans back there? And then I well, think it got to be kind of a trademark and and kind of a joke, so they kept doing it. And and to show that, and I know we'll try to finish up here before the break, but. Uh, 
to show uh, that uh, they could, that uh, Harry could not be deterred. You remember the time? I'll never forget. They they plucked him in the uh, thought. Well, you know what? Harry's doing such a good job in the booth. We're going to move him out among his fandom and put him in the center field bleachers. And he was <laughs> he was I think uh, you know aided by a couple of wonderful Bush Bavarian beers. He had. He had was absolutely yelling at Leon Durham, and you could see Durham look on uh, over his shoulder, going, "Who in the H E double hockey sticks is this idiot? Idiot yelling at me!" And it was Harry. Hey, Leon! Hey! Um, the, the greatest line uh, w- was Will Ferrell uh, came up. You remember with uh, the guy that from that uh, hit a pot fly and. Uh, he Harry was he was underneath. Oh, he drops the ball! He drops the ball! Yeah. How in the heck does a guy from Puerto Rico lose a ball in the sun? So that was. <laughs> those are some Harry Carryisms. I the the game is just not the same without him. No, that's true. That's true. He was definitely one of a kind. We've got some more text to read. You can get us on the Washita Valley Credit Union text line and hotline, and we'll do that when we return here on the Edge, and this. Segment brought to you by Spa Nouvelle. Pamper the special people in your life. You can get them at 807-1060. They're in Lammy Lane in Monroe. Back with more right after this. Summer is just around the corner. Before it hits you, take advantage of Lennox $1,500 rebates or 0% APR financing for 72 months or payments as low as $73.50 per month. Jilly's Heating and Cooling, your independent Lennox dealer for North Louisiana. Jilly's Heating and Cooling, we heat you up, we cool you down. Rocket Fast Car Wash. Rocket Fast. It's a blast. And your vehicle is clean. Sparkling clean in four minutes. We'll show you how. Get it clean as can be. Yeah, baby, right now. Come on down. You will see. A great watch. Green vacuums. Cool technology. Rocket fast car wash. Rocket fast. It's a blast. And your vehicle is clean. Now with six locations from Monroe to our newest on Mansfield Road in Shreveport. Our 4th of July sales event is going on now at Brennan Dodge with huge discounts and great financing options now through July 5th. Take advantage of savings like 4000 off 16 Jeep Wranglers, 6500 in rebates on 17 Ram 1500 Crew Bighorn, 4000 in rebates on 17 Ram 2500 Crew Diesel or Gas, 3750 in rebates on 17 Grand Cherokee, and 5000 in rebates on 17 Chargers. There may be other rebates you qualify for, so call for details and don't miss our 4th of July sales event at Brennan Dodge in Ruston. Are you ready to sell your homeland or commercial property? Then call Cowell Banker Group 1 Realty. Your listings on hundreds of the best websites in the country. A video tour of most listings. The number one most visited real estate brand online. 73% more transactions than our nearest competitor over the past 10 years. 110 professional realtors cover 17 parishes. We advertise in local media too. Call Cowell Banker Group 1 Realty in Monroe 3610300. West Monroe 362-0007. Buston 255-5302. Each office independently owned and operated. Living on the Edge edge makes weekdays more fun, especially when you're doing it with Terry Waldrop. 
Welcome back to The Edge on ESPN 97.7. Welcome back to The Edge on this Tuesday. Mark Kramer, Jamie Foxx, John Tabor here with you. Another beautiful day here in North Louisiana. I want to get back to the text of what bugs, you, what bugs you the most about fans that sit around you, either what they do or what they say at sporting events. Jimmy chimes in, the only NFL game I ever attended was a Cowboys-Giants game. Not only do I despise the Cowboys, but they went on to win the game. That doesn't help your experience. The atmosphere was terrible. People don't care about the people around them. The drunks and cussing just did me in. I'll stay home and watch it from now on. Yeah, gotta love Damien's text as well. Yeah, Damien. You want to get to that one? Yeah, Damien. True story. He says, LSU Sugar Bowl game several years ago. Uh, I think he thought it was ill that when they played Illinois, had player family tickets and a few seats down. Uh, an offensive lineman's family from Monroe was all there. Uh, the mother-in-law was reading a book, <laughs> The Insolent Majority. <laughs> not a good sign. Not a good sign when one of your family members are so interested in the game that they sat there and read a book. Yeah, well, I guess that's better than uh, you know being uh, obscenely drunk, but um, and cursing. But uh, there's. Um, Obviously, she's a very, uh, very educated woman. So she's <laughs> and apparently felt that this was a barbarous sport, even though her son she was fired was up, so. fired oh, up to was. read that book. Yeah, uh, that uh, that kind of uh, that does somewhat dispel the myth of the uh, the insolent and rowdy LSU fan, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, here's how we here's how we get through it. We read a book. So uh, hopefully, there'll be no reading in the stands tonight in Omaha, and uh, the Tigers can take this one because it's it's a biggie. Well, you know, my dad and my mom and dad used to live in Illinois and <clears throat> and uh, before they both retired. And they uh, used to get complimentary tickets, my mom did, from vendors. She worked for the Corning Corporation that makes the, you know, oh, the yeah. pots and glassware. pans and the glassware. Yeah. yeah. And so she was one of their buyers. So, of course, the uh, a lot of the vendors that were rep- reps of the buyers, uh, I mean, of the people trying to sell the metal and glass and the such like would give them tickets to the bears games in Chicago. Oh my goodness. And so they would go at least once or twice a year, uh, each season, they would go a couple of games to soldier field. And my dad consistently said that most of the time, the stands, what was happening around them in the stands was much more entertaining than the football game. He said that the the security people at Soldier Field were the busiest people in the stadium, including the coaches and the players. He said yes. it was just constant back and forth with security people coming, breaking up fights, hauling people off, hauling drunks off, uh, hauling uh, people, foul mouth people out uh, that just wouldn't you know wouldn't give it up. Uh, he said it was just nonstop. My understanding is uh, from some family members that have gone went to the playoff game when the Saints played the Bears up in Chicago, and I think it was snowing that day. Um, if you were lucky to get out of there without a cigarette being put out on your shoulder, <laughs> as a Saints fan, or uh, yeah, it was it's just unbelievable um, 
how rude the Bears fans are. They're just they get they get cranked up way before the game, and uh, everything you hear about them is, is, is you know from my understanding is true. They are not a uh, it's not a welcome to Chicago. You it's all brats and booze, it. man. It's oh, let me tell you something. It is definitely <laughs> they love all their beer in the Midwest. Oh, do they ever? Oh, they uh, love their beer. Their German beer. What is the uh, what you can imagine? Uh, I had a friend of mine that uh, ever been to Antigo, Wisconsin. Well, ever been to Wisconsin? Period. I have never been to Wisconsin. Yeah, I think never been above Chicago. Oh, it's a gorgeous state, but the oh, the probably I don't think you can go more than six to ten blocks in the whole state of Wisconsin without running into a bar. Uh, they do indeed love their beer up there, and um, of course it's so cold most of the time. You know, it's uh, they they bond very well uh, over beers, but the the Bears fans take it to a whole new level, and. Um, you know they they will not win friendliest city in the NFL anytime soon. But uh, uh, again, um, you know, I think what endears people to Chicago sports obviously has to be Harry Carey. Well, the, you know, to the point that my dad made, you know, we went. I'm sure Sean uh, has told you about our experience when we did the show from the parking lot at Old Texas Stadium before Jerry's World opened when we went to see the Packers and the Cowboys and we did the sports company um, on a portable, on a portable kit uh, out of the back of the van in the tailgating area, <clears throat> excuse me, at Texas stadium. And then during the game itself, uh, first of all, it was the only game I've ever been to where the visiting team, especially in the professional ranks, the visiting team had so many people there and they were so loud, they caused the home team to have a false start. There were so many Packer fans at this game at Texas Stadium, and they were so loud that they during the during the third quarter, the, the Packer fans actually caused the Cowboys to have a false start because they couldn't hear the snap count. That's how loud and how many Packer fans were at that ball game. But the people around us... We had uh, we had two fights, and and we were in you know we were probably on the I don't know in the ten yard line about three quarters of the way up in Old Texas Stadium, but we had two fights. One was a girl, uh, evidently the guy she was with uh, uh, did something that he wasn't supposed to do, and she just wheeled around and just smacked the guy full fisted in the jaw and just about knocked him out. Uh, and she and she punch. wasn't a big girl either, <laughs> so that was pretty funny. And then uh, we had all these drunk people in front of us, uh, right in front of us. Uh, they uh, just uh, kept saying, "Hey man, I'm classy, man, I'm classy." That's what drunk guy. That's all he kept saying. He'd turn around and go, "Hey man, I'm classy, man, I'm classy." And then when the well, the and one spell guy that force with you, yeah, yes. the guy relieved this other guy with him relieved himself on the ground, oh, which was nice for us. And oh, so they wow. went and got security to come, come come get these two guys in front of us. They were probably, you know, 21, 22 years old. And the whole time the security guy is, tr the guys are trying to take these two drunk guys in front of us out. The whole time that one guy is looking up at the security guy and saying, hey man, what's the problem, man? I'm classy. I'm acting classy, man. What are you hauling me off for, man? I'm classy. 
Just yeah, ask Sean. Just ask Sean if he's classy. He'll know what you're talking. He'll you'll exactly know what you're talking about. I uh, actually, he hasn't shared that story with me that I'm aware of, but it, it does sound like uh, sounds like something a Chicago Bears fan would do. Oh but, man, uh, but that was that was at Texas Old Texas Stadium, and yeah. uh, that's the last time uh, I was I was there before Jerry's World opened, and uh, it was really it was really crazy. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. That's the Washita Valley Credit Union hotline and text line. We'll go ahead and take a break and come back and wrap things up here on a Tuesday here on the edge. Jamie and I'll be right back. What I tell you about my friends at North Monroe Animal Hospital. Specializing in all medical and surgical care for small animals and even providing a boarding service. My friend, Dr. David Weber, and his staff are always my choice for my animals. It should be yours as well. Located conveniently at 4300 Sterlington Road, which is 165 North, you can reach out to them at 345-4545. That's 345-4545. Tell them you heard it here on ESPN 97.7, North Monroe Animal Clinic, the official animal care provider of Terry Waldrop and the Edge. It was a tough time. I didn't know what to do. You gave me hope. You fought for me. You treated me like family. Now we say thanks. It's good to know we can count on Bobby. I'm attorney Bobby Manning. If you've been involved in an accident, don't delay, call me today. Attorney Bobby Manning, office in Monroe. Call 324-1411. Hey, are you ready to buy a new truck? Well, here's a great opportunity. J. Mallard Ford Lincoln in Jonesboro announces closeout pricing on all remaining 2016 Ford F-150s, and they've got a good inventory in stock. You've been hearing about the new F-150 Raptors? J. Mallard has them, along with the all-new high-performance Shelby GT350. Come see them, and don't miss this chance to save big at J. Mallard Ford Lincoln in Jonesboro. JMallardFord.com. A home is your comfort, your shelter. It's a place where you grow and become. I always wanted that for us. A backyard to play in. A front porch to call ours. A home we could be proud of. Because of Washita Valley Federal Credit Union, we were able to have it. Washita Valley Federal Credit Union. Making good things happen. How does it feel? You're officially living on the edge. Hit Terry Waldrop up at 888-993-7762 and let him know. It's The Edge with Terry Waldrop on ESPN 97.7. Welcome back to The Edge here on this Tuesday. Jamie Foxx, Mark Kramer here with you. Going to kind of do some uh, bouncing around here real quick in the last segment. Can but you, we'll do it in a classy way, yes. Yes, we'll be, hey, man, we're classy, man. <laughs> we're classy. Yes, indeed. We'll try. <laughs> uh, Steve's classy because he texted in on the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union text line talking about the uh, game tonight with LSU in Florida. Uh, LSU needs to generate some more offense. Uh, their hitters are better than Florida's, but some like Kramer Robertson are slumping. Uh, they need some runs for Poche and Lang to duplicate their last starts. How would you get the bats going 
Uh, time is getting short. Great job, fellas. Appreciate that, Steve. Um, you know, I didn't know you were slumping. I didn't know you were slumping, Mark. Is that, is that the <laughs> Kramer spelled the other way, with I a K. It. Mine's with a C. I always have to say that. I've my whole life I've said Kramer with a C. I always have to say that to people because most people uh, started with a K naturally. Uh, to Steve's question, how would you get the bats going? Uh, you know, a lot of that has to do with the pitching from Florida. Uh, and the pitching that they've seen from some of the other teams, a lot of times it's not necessarily a slump can be something that other teams or pitchers cause for you, not necessarily uh, that it's something that you're doing different. It's just you're facing better pitching. Now, the only thing, <clears throat> as I said yesterday, and I saw it again last night, when you see a lot of swings and misses, uh, you do have to give credit for the stuff that the pitcher has. But also that shows me if I'm if I'm on the mound and I see a lot of that on pitches that I know are pretty good pitches, but it, maybe it's not my best slider or not my best changeup or not my best curveball. Uh, but they're but I really fool somebody on what I would consider as the pitcher of, of an average curveball that I threw, not my best. Uh, that tells me that they're guess hitting, and when you start guess hitting then you really make yourself vulnerable uh, to a slump. Uh, you know, I, I always like to go to the Ted Williams uh, school of, of thought with that, and he always just said, see the ball and hit the ball. Don't try to do anything with it. Don't try and lift it. You know, he was a, a flat plane, hit line drives, try to hit the ball right past the pitcher's ear. Uh, obviously, you're not always going to do that, but he was hit line drives, you're – you know, if you hit the ball hard, uh, you're going to hit a home run sometime or another just because of where you're hitting the ball. But just see the ball and hit the ball. And I always like that that philosophy. Uh, when you start guess hitting, uh, it may be good if you are guessing right for a few games. But if you continue that philosophy uh, in the long run, you're probably going to come out on the short end. So uh, I hope that the LSU hitters will just go up there see the pitches, not expect something to be coming up there. Uh, you hit the hit the fastball and adjust to the you adjust to the curveball. And uh, yeah. that's easy. That's kind of that's, nothing's easy in baseball as far as that's the hardest thing in baseball to do is hit a baseball. I mean in sports is to hit a baseball. But um, again, to his question, how do you get the bats going? Uh, that would be the only thing. Of course, I'm not on the inside, so I, I don't know how much guess hitting is going on. I'm just going by what I see as a former pitcher and what I see the, the body language of how they're swinging at pitches and stuff like that. Um, if I was on the mound, that's kind of what I would think. Not all the guys. Uh, Papirski had a great at bat last night. Um, uh, it was either him or Dykeman. I can't remember who hit the ball down the left field line in uh, the eighth or ninth inning. Uh, but that was a great at bat. They were down 0-2, uh, had a pitch that was just a little off the plate and down a little bit, but it was too close to take. And they went down and got it and just served it down uh, the left field the opposite way and served a line drive uh, down the left field line past third base. That was a good piece of hitting. But to uh, Steve's point, the guys, some of the guys that are struggling just kind of look like they're guess hitting a little bit. Well, one of the things uh, 
LSU fans need to keep in mind. You remember last year's hitting coach is now the head coach at Mississippi State, Andy Canizero. So uh, the fact that LSU has been able to to basically, I think Micah Gibbs is now the the hitting coach or, or whatever. I think he assumed that position after Canizero went to Mississippi State, and you saw what a difference uh, you know Canizero made in a lot of people's swings, and you know while some of these kids, uh, Kramer Robertson in particular, has given him credit, uh, you know for for helping his stroke a little bit, and uh, I think you know Gibbs is a, of course a former LSU player, so uh, you know to to transition from somebody. Uh, as an astute coach as Andy Canizero is, uh, I think is is relatively seamless transition. But uh, you know that's that's always a difference. I think Mark, when you even though he was on the staff, I think any time you bring in a new coach, there's a certain adjustment period. And uh, you know for you know remember during the season, I think you brought this to attention. You know LSU didn't seem to do as well in midweek games, but um, you know maybe they were you know not obviously throwing their best arms at that point in time, but. Um, I think it's a credit to the whole Tiger staff, coaching staff, that uh, they've been able to replace a talent like Canizero and make it all the way to the finals. I want to transition a little bit over to uh, we've been talking a lot about, obviously, about the LSU and Florida series. Saw a thing with the NFL. Uh, finally, you know, I've, I'd say many times, and we've talked many times on our different shows about uh, it seems for some reason that baseball gets banged on the most. All oh, the games are too long. They drag on. When in reality, college football and the NFL games have gotten to where they almost take up an entire afternoon. They have gotten so long. You know, you had some four-hour games last year. You had some games, some of the noon games weren't going off in the NFL last year until 20 to 4 or quarter to four, non-overtime games. There were also uh, college football games that came on at 7 o'clock that were going off at 11 o'clock. I mean, even some of the good marquee matchups. And it was just getting so taxing to watch these games with all the commercials and, and you know, so much of it just dragging on and on. And, you know, you'd have a touchdown and a commercial. Then the team that scored the touchdown would kick off, and then they'd have another commercial after the kickoff. So really all you got to see was the kickoff between two commercials. So article yesterday about from the NFL that they are going to, they call them pods. I didn't know they called them that, but they call them commercial pods. The NFL is going from five commercial pods down to four commercial pods. Uh, saying that they can save 10 to 15 minutes per game by cutting the amount of the commercials uh, during an NFL game. And then there also is not going to be in our technological age, there's not going to be any more under the hood. No more under the hood. hood. Hmm. They're going to do away with the under the hood for replays where the official has to run halfway across the stadium over by one of the tunnel entrances and get under, you know, like he's looking at a peep show under the, uh, under the hood with the blanket over him, you know, or the shade over his shoulders so he can see the replays. Now they're going to have uh, tablets down on the sidelines. And they'll be able to put on a headset and look at the replays coming straight from the uh, 
technological, the technology center in New York now that the NFL has, and they'll be able to look at the replays and talk to somebody in New York that has already been looking at the replay down on the sidelines on a tablet and headphones. But how will they be veiled in secrecy? In other words, what what, what about the curtain? And I think the curtain is very important here, Mark. I think <laughs> you have to be able to, in order to, the, the glare can still hit the eye tablet. So you're going to have to, they're going to have to have a little, you know, something to kind of mask them while they're making this, uh, you know, solving this uh, very complicated play. And apparently from what you're telling me, they're just going to put a headphone and a tablet, headphone on and a tablet, and then all of a sudden a mystery solved. I, I like a little drama. I think they need to have a curtain or something to go behind. Yeah, no um, uh, no more, and the article said, had quotes around it, no more, quote, under the hood. Well, here's the thing. Uh, anything that can keep Chicago Bears from – you've seen the pods were about 10 to 15 minutes long. Uh, that is a lot of beer that can be consumed in a lot in a period of time by some of these NFL fans. Uh, you give them 15 minutes, and that's, uh, that's a six-pack in some cases. Uh, so I would say uh, anything they can do to short the game is probably a good thing because that uh, may cut down a little bit on the inebriation. But, uh, but again, you know, call me an old fuddy-dud, but I uh, some of these guys really get out of control. But, hey, hey, man, as long as they keep it classy, I've got no problem. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, you know, that – I think it's a I think it's a knee jerk response by the NFL to some of the ratings being down last year, which it obviously was. I mean, it was documented that the ratings for the NFL were down last year on TV. It people are just getting into uh, kind of watching fatigue, if you want to put it that way. That you know we want to see uh, you know want to see the action continue and and have a flow to it. Instead of, as I used the example a minute ago, hey, we scored a touchdown, you know, and we're all fired up. Oh, and a commercial. Okay, so you come back, and they kick off, and you're ready to for the next uh, segment of action. And they kick off, and it's a touchback, and then there's another commercial. And so, yeah, in a 10-minute yeah. period, in a 10-minute period, you have about four or five minutes of commercials right after a team scored a touchdown. It kind of breaks the flow of the game up a little bit and you end up having all of this time with all of these different pods of commercials that um, obviously is a problem uh, it is and apparently i mean i think the nfl sees it as a problem because they uh, you know i don't think uh after you know four hour games are really and then you've got to run the you know the programming i can imagine how that uh probably they finally saw how that was uh, affecting uh, the ability for these games to get off in time. But uh, uh, under the hood, I, I kind of hate to see that. Um, I still think they've got to find a way to, uh, you know, I, I guess that these are all being, it's not really changing as far as, you know, there's a central locale that is sending out. You right, know, in New York. Yeah, that's in right. New York. Right, right. Yeah, none of, the, none of the actual structure, if you want to put it that way, of the replay system is changing. It's just that, again, the referee, and of course I was exaggerating, but I mean, say a team is on the 20-yard line on the other end of the stadium, you know, the referee's got to run halfway across the, the stadium to go over and get under the hood, and it takes a while, and then if the, if the replay is really close to whether it was this or that, and they look at it for a long time, you could end up having a five, six-minute delay, I think, on some of the broadcasts last year, they actually started putting a clock, 
a little, you know, clicker clock on the bottom of the screen to let fans know how long the delay was during some of these replay timeouts where they had to get under the hood. So supposedly this is supposed to save another 10 to 15 minutes in the game by having a tablet right there on the field on the sideline and a set of headphones uh, like they do in baseball. You know, the umpires go right behind the home plate by one of the dugouts. There's headphones down there. They put the headphones on. Somebody tells them what the replay uh, result is, and they call a guy out or safe or fair or foul or whatever, and then they move on. Well, here here's the compelling argument. Uh, don't, doesn't the NFL, I believe they cut off beer sales at the end of the third qu- quarter. Is that correct? Yes, that's uh, like maybe, the seventh maybe. inning in baseball, yes. Yeah, so what they need to do is, okay, we're doing away with under the hood. I think they need to, there needs to be some kind of way you can, like, scan the wrist or whatever, and, uh, okay, this is like your 18th beer by halftime. So we're going <laughs> to need so many off. more workers for that. Yeah, we're going we're to cut you off before the third quarter here, bud, even though you've uh, – because that's what's happening. You, you understand, Mark, what's happening. These people are just massively consuming as quickly as possible. Well, the problem they know is – the third quarter is the end of it. The problem is that a lot of these places, I mean, even in, you know, uh, most of most college football as well – uh, everybody tailgates before the game for four or five hours. And so yes. a lot of people have already had too much before they ever enter the enter the stadium. And so that's as, uh, that's as big a problem in football uh, with that kind of thing and fans as anything else. So real quick, uh, Bud texts in and says, uh, Mark, you're absolutely correct about hitting. Focus on the fastball and adjust and react to the curveball. Hopefully LSU will be able to do that tonight. Uh, we got to wrap things up here on the edge for this Tuesday. But uh, go Tigers tonight. Jamie, thanks again for a great show. Nick Brown will be in with Jamie tomorrow, and I'll be back on Thursday. And then Terry will be back on Friday. So for Jamie Fox and John Tabor, I'm Mark Kramer. Live life. Don't live life safe. Live it on the edge. Whoa, baby. Thanks for listening to The Edge with Terry Waltrip. No matter what the topic, Terry will take it all. He's not scared, and you better not be either. We want to see you right back here every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. on ESPN 977 and ESPN977.com. 